right, well, welcome back to Gifts of Ruin. And I could not be more excited to be sitting here with my amazing guest, Brock McDonald. Say what's up. Hi. Good to see everyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, Gifts of Ruin started because really of this quote, and I wanted to share it with you just in case you hadn't heard it, but the show is all about hope and really being someone else's survival guide. So this, this quote is, one day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. And I just think that's super empowering, and um, I, I, I'm excited to dive in to you and your ruin. You know, I don't think we get the pass of just, like, one ruin for your life, and then you're done. Yeah. We have tons of ruins, do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's more like, I think that quote more focuses on, like, major ones that changed, you know, you as, as an entire person. Yeah, So I feel that. Yeah. So I wanted to start, like, where are you, well, first of all, I met Brock. He's an amazing chef. And I was in Costa Rica with some mutual friends, and he, he was the chef of this amazing week in Costa Rica and his food you're just ridiculous like you have talent I appreciate it yeah. I've, I've cooked for for um a, a very very long time since I was nine at home and then um first job at 13 and then uh just kind of worked from there you know it's I I love it and actually last night was the first time that I actually sat down and uh cooked like on my own without it being like I have a party or something. And, um, just cause just circumstances, it was, I just felt like the bug to, to kind of like, just, just cook. You know, I think there's sometimes that you end up, um, working, working and cooking is, mm. is kind of something completely different. And I feel with Costa Rica, you know, Caleb gave me, you know, pretty much like, you know, free roam to do whatever I wanted. And I knew there was going to be a lot of people and that, and like just the, I mean, how often do you get to cook on the beach in Costa Rica? So I just went like really hard, like maybe too hard. If I was going to do it again, I probably would have changed some things because it was a, a ton of work, but uh, it was totally worth it. I think we should do it again. I think so like, too. Let's make that happen. Just tell them. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it again. Just tell them. Um, so, so <laughs> now where I, I like, I want to dive into where you are now in your life. So, uh, right now I actually just, um, I just kind of reaccepted the position as executive chef at, for uh, beast and bounty, lowbrow milk money and, um, a bottle shop called, uh, uh, Holy Spirits. And cool. so that's a restaurant group. I worked for them for eight years during COVID. I quit just because of a bunch of reasons. And now I've kind of been, uh, I, some circumstances happened. Like, uh, they got, a uh, the restaurant got a Michelin plate, which was like a Michelin mention. Wow. And, and so, uh, and that kind of like sucked me back into it. And so, uh, I'm going to be back there. And then also I have a small business with uh, my business partner, Ricky Yap, called Cardinal Burger. And so where we do uh, burger pop-ups. And then him and I also do a lot of uh, just catering dinners at, at people's houses. And um, really COVID has opened up. Um, I think it opened up a, a lot of people wanting to have dinner parties uh, more than go out because of, you know, uh, the virus and all that yeah. stuff. So, so we really, I mean, for me, COVID was... Uh, super like lucrative, but also it let me be able to take a step back and realize like kind of what, what things are important. And, um, you know, having my sons, uh, my, my, uh, my ex-wife is moving to Seattle and so I'm going to have them full time. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's just kind of like chef, dad, um, that's pretty much it. That's my entire life. So how, you have two sons. I have two sons. How old yeah. are they now? 11 and nine. Great ages. Yeah. No, they're, they're super, um, they're really funny and, uh, they're, uh, they're just, they're something else. They're, they're really, really funny. Like, yeah. like I, I just, uh, we, we laugh a lot. I really enjoy, um, being around them and, uh, it's been, it's been a long journey to get to, this now having them full time uh but it 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 was all you know kind of it all kind of lined up it was all worth it 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny how life's like that, huh? It is. It just like falls into place and it, then it, it does. falls apart. It fall, yeah, it falls <laughs> it apart. When it's, when it's apart, you know, it's it's the worst. Mm. But uh, but yeah, it when it comes together. But it, I mean, it's constantly falling apart and coming back together. So, yeah. you know, the ups and downs are are constant. And so, yeah. So speaking of downs, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your ruin okay you know what what's bring us bring us into it and so you know i i think the older i get the more i realize that um you know uh obviously i struggled with you know drug and alcohol addiction from really young but really it's more about um just being like kind of like more like an addict to my core Mm -hmm. than um than just, uh, you know, the, the drugs and alcohol so much so that, you know, like I could listen to the same song for like four hours straight, you know, just kind of like just it. And so, um, I started drinking really young when I was 12, um, and then smoking weed and then, uh, Coke and, uh, Crystal were in high school. And so I ended up here in SAC because, uh, I, uh, what, like kind of spun out and I knew I needed to leave. I grew up in Paso Robles, uh, San Luis Obispo area. And I knew I needed to just kind of get away from what I was doing. I had been like, you know, just like, like kind of pseudo ran away from home. So was still going to work. And, um, you know, cause I knew that that's where the money came from. And, uh, it was just spun out in a hotel and I just kind of had this like, what the fuck am I doing? Hmm. I need to get out of here. And so I walked uh, 18 miles home wow. and yeah, it was, it was long. I was like super spun too. So like, you know, when you like, you see crazy people on the street yeah, and they're like looking behind them and shit that that's really like, I, I remember having like that, that epiphany of like, this is why they look like that. Cause oh. like I'm hearing shit, but it's like not that I'm just high, you know? And so I walked And I kind of fell apart in front of my dad and I was just like, yo, like I need to leave like now, you know? And so, um, so he bought me a bus pass and put me on the bus the next day uh, up to SAC. My mom lived here. And so I spent about three months, like just doing nothing just other than just putting weight on, you know, I think I went from like, you know, 155 to like 210 in, in like a three month period you know, got a job and then just kind of cycled back into the same shit. So, um, you know, obviously the problems inside, it's not a, your surroundings. It's mm. you, you know, like, so if you have, you know, a problem with alcohol, if you're an angry person, if you have whatever the problem is shopping, like it doesn't matter. Yep. Like you can go anywhere and do this shit. Like you don't have to, it does, you can't run away from, from yourself. And so I moved up here, same shit, you know, did the same thing, like, you know, DUIs and, uh, you know, just the drinking, um, you know, I got married, like super crazy, like drove up to Tahoe at 3am, um, you know, really drunk and then got married the next day in the, you know, in like 30 minutes. How long had you been like Dating. two months, maybe okay. three months. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. no fucking disregard, you know, like just, just an absolute, just mess, but like loved it, like loved everything about how crazy. And I still like wouldn't change the way that I behave at all, but obviously, you know, you have consequences for your actions. Yeah. And so got married, came back, um, you know, had, uh, two sons, um, you know, and then around, uh, Christmas six years ago, um, I kind of, it's crazy because I didn't have like this, like, you know, a lot of addicts, they talk about like this bottom that they had, mm-hmm. you know, where they, and I feel like the, the Pastor Robles walking situation was a pretty solid bottom, but like 18 miles. Yeah, it was How far. Long did that take? Uh, it took me like the entire day. I walked basically like for anyone that knows the area, I was in downtown Paso Robles and I walked to Lake Nacimiento. Okay. So like, it's just this lake road that goes all the way back oh. and it's like one lane and people kind of pulled, pulled over to, to 
asked me, you know, like, do you need a ride? And I was just like, no, like I'm, I'm just walking. Oh, like walk. I'm experiencing such discomfort it in was my body miserable. right now. Just and you got to imagine so I was wearing the same clothes for like two oh. days, three days. So I got to my dad's and he made me strip in the driveway and just like threw away everything I was wearing. And yeah, it was just like, it was. So that wasn't the rock bottom though. No, I mean, that was the bottom at the time, but yeah. I was still so That's young, you know? And it's like, it's crazy. Cause, um, I think the bottom, so during my marriage, I drank a lot and, uh, you know, I, we, I used to joke around about this analogy that I came up with, but, um, my ex-wife Tina, she didn't think it was that funny, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but like I always joked around that, like, I was like bizarro Popeye. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, you know, like bizarro Superman is like, Superman is like this hero and bizarro Superman is like his his alternate so okay. he's like he's equally as evil as superman's good so we probably all have that it's yeah like, absolutely right? so popeye you know something would happen that was wrong and popeye would drink spinach and he would save the day right right well for me like i never drank when shit was fucked up because i didn't want i didn't want to like get drunk to make it even worse you know i always drank when shit was like great yeah. And then like, so the, the Popeye thing is like, shit would be good. And I'd be like, I'm going to drink. And then I would just fucking ruin everything, oh, you know? And it was like, yes. you know, drink till, you know, the next morning. And that's the, another thing is like alcohol, you know, I got friends that pass out and I just, it just had the opposite effect on me. And I just would be up and yeah. just would continue to drink. And so there was no like, you know, and I was really good about being hungover. I could still wake up at five and get everyone ready for school. And wow. it was just, it just was kind of like this perfect storm. Functioning. Super functioning. Yeah. You know, but like not, you know, not really that functioning. I mean, it probably, you know, going to work as drunk as I was or still hungover or drinking at work at nine in the morning. It's like, you know, you tell yourself you're functioning, but you're really, you know, you look back on it and you're like, you were just just barely getting by oh my heart yeah and so uh so my you know marriage kind of fell it had it was in it was always this like ball of fire you know and then um uh we ended up uh splitting and there was kind of this moment where like when we split there was like two months uh, before i got sober and uh you know, there, it was just, you know, some nights I would have the boys and some nights she would have the boys. And, uh, the nights I didn't, I just would be just like out, just, you know, drugs, everything, anything that, you know, was, was grabbable. I would just Mm -hmm. do. And so, um, there was one night where it was like right before Christmas and I was just kind of like, you know, had done a couple days in a row of no sleep and just was in that, that down period and um you know crawling out of your skin period yeah yeah where you're just like i don't want to do this again i don't want to feel like this all your serotonin's gone you know you're just pretty low and uh you know i I had called her and i was like hey you know like i want to have the boys for christmas eve blah blah blah. and so she was like in order for me to drop them off you have to i want to see the house before you before i leave them you know it's got to be clean blah 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 blah. gave me all these like rules and I was like, okay. And so I'm just like cleaning my house at like one in the morning, you know, sober, but not like that. So more like, you know, like, uh, just coked hungover. That's like that messy, like I'm not high, but I feel horrible mm-hmm. and kind of just started to think like, I never in my life have, have had the idea of like, I'm going to kill myself. But like, I remember thinking like, maybe if I was dead, it would be better for my kids, you know, like it would be, you know, like, am I ever going to fix, fix the way that I am? And then they're going to have to deal with this fucking loser in their life, their whole life. And like, I don't know, that that was just kind of the thing that happened that didn't stop me from drinking the next day. But like, that was kind of like my mental lowest feeling that I had. And then, um, you know, the next day I think was Christmas Eve and then the next the following day was christmas and i dropped my sons off at their mom's on christmas and uh went out that night and then i kind of came to 
at around five in the morning, about like 50 blocks from my house. And, um, I think I still, I came out of blackout. I still had like some blow and cigarettes. And so I was just like, wow, why am I out here? You know, like, like so far away from where I live. I was like, all right, I'm going to walk back. You know, and I remember I was in like dress clothes, dress shoes, like uncomfortable. Holiday. Holiday. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, just walking down the street, kind of like doing key bumps, smoking cigarettes. And I just was like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I just remember saying to myself, like, I think I'm done. Like, I I was like, I think I'm done. And, uh, um, you know, I got back to the house and I fell asleep. And in the morning, Tina showed up with the boys and, she was just like, what's up with you? Like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think I'm, I was like, I don't want to tell you anything. Cause I told you, I've just said so much shit for so long, you know, like so many, like, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, you know? And, uh, and so I was like, I, I was like, but I really think that I'm done. And so, uh, I called a buddy of mine who had had, you know, maybe like nine months sober. And I was like, Hey, I think that I, I think I want to stop like, being like this. And so, um, we, he took me to, a like an AA meeting mm. and then, um, what was that like when you walked in and, and it was like, we went, he took me to like a grimy ass one too. There's this one in, uh, uh in Sacramento, which was good. Like I, it was probably my favorite of the meetings. Um, it was, it was just, it, I think within a, a radius of one mile, I think there was like six or seven halfway houses. Mm. So it's just everyone that's fresh off. And there's like the OGs that are like borderline homeless, but still trying to stay sober. There's people that have, you know, one day sober, 24 hours sober. And then there's guys that have, you know, seven, 10, 15, 20 years. So it's just a, a blend. And it's ironic because it's right next to a liquor store, you know, so it's just the perfect <laughs> scenario, you know? Like, yeah. Awesome. Like, yeah. this is exactly what Thank I need. You. Yeah. And so, uh, so, um, I did one, you know, I did a meeting and then I started going to meetings and then, um, uh, and then through my ex's insurance, I got into an outpatient rehab program through Kaiser. So it was like, you know, four hours a day in the morning. And then you would go, I think, four days a week. Mm. And so, but she made it, you know, I don't know. I don't care if she ever listens, but she made it really fucking hard. She yeah. made it like really hard. Like, uh, um, uh, and I, I almost, I don't know, this sounds like almost like, um, you know, like masochistic, but I, I, I really kind of now I appreciate the fact that she made everything so difficult on me because it's almost like she drove the nail home Mm. like not letting me see the boys um just like pulling at my heartstrings during the whole situation you know whether or not we were gonna maybe get back together and just all this shit so like if there was a time that i was going to um you know, fail and, and, and get drunk again, that would have been the time. Like, so the fact that I kind of got through that was really where, uh, I feel like it, it helped in the worst possible way, if that makes sense. It does. It, and it, it really did. And so, um, and then, you know, uh, because she was, you know, fucking with me about, uh, custody and everything, I stopped going to the outpatient because I just didn't, it was just a lot of work and I wasn't even getting um, really anything out of it. Like I kind of knew that I was just going to not drink do or it. do drugs anymore. So I didn't, I felt like I didn't need it. And I did AA for like six months and I'm not taking anything away from, from AA, but it just wasn't for me at all. Like it just, it just felt like maybe that you're just replacing um, one addiction with a more positive addiction, yeah. which is fine with me, yeah. but it just wasn't, it felt way too like, religion and and just you know and they're like oh this isn't about god and it's like well we're in a fucking church right now yeah, like what do you like, mean it's not about not? yeah like who yeah. funds you like you well you know like mm-hmm. there's uh, so uh and then also you know you go to different meetings and you start to realize like some of the meetings are like the ones where like you know um you know guys and girls that go to the gym and they get themselves ready before they go to the gym yeah you're just like oh this is like we're just here to like try Hook to fuck up. each other yeah right? <laughs> like oh i didn't know i thought this was about like sobriety like yeah. oh this is you know I, I know exactly what this is this is like your bar mm-hmm. you know it's like you got to dress up for it you yeah gotta, you know you got to look good for aa because you guys don't go out and so um 
so yeah, I mean the it's been it was super hard in the beginning. Um, you know, it's still it still is hard from time to time, but really like I think the you know, the biggest problem that I have right now is I haven't worked out my the addiction thing. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz like all I do is replace everything for something else. Like when I first got sober, it was just work, you know, and I worked and it was like, I'm just going to work, you know, like instead of having free time, I'm going to work or it's like sex or it's, you know, I have a girlfriend now and this is the only thing that's in my entire life to the world, to the point where it's like completely toxic, you know? And, and that's how, and that's just how I am. And I think that that needs, um, you know, th- some sort of therapy or something, yeah, I, for sure. you know, like not, not just some group setting where we talk about how, uh, how we used to drink and like yeah. how, you know, it's almost, you're almost, you just reminisce about it. And so, uh, and reminisce about how fucked up you got. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember when I was this, blah, yeah. Blah, right. Yeah. And that's all, it's all that is really is people tell their stories mm-hmm. as they call it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just kind of get up there and you talk about everything I just talked about. But there about. is value in it. You know, yeah. there is. And, and if, you know, people have to find their own way. And yeah. I love the fact that you, it's like you were taking these like steps. That's what I'm hearing from you. And each step led you to the next step. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like you felt that you had, you connected with something like a like your own internal strength or your own internal choice that you just decided, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up in life like this. And this is my only way. And then maybe the addiction piece comes in and then you're like, you notice, you notice it in other ways. And once you notice it, you're like, okay, I'm going to change it. And then I'm going to step up in another way. Yeah. Would you say that is kind of like it? Like you keep, you keep just like, leveling up in a way as to like trading up addictions i think you know as as much as it's hard to admit i think that um what i've always done is i've made um whoever i'm in a relationship with my mom and uh like in the sense that like i know that i can do whatever i want because i have someone that's responsible to like make sure that our kids get fed or something like that no doubt and so you know or like I'm going to get fucking so drunk because this person's going to drive me home and I can just completely um, relinquish my responsibilities and do whatever I want yeah. because I have this person in my life that loves me to a fault and that's willing to do whatever for me and I'm going to take advantage and use it. I feel you. And so when I got, I think part of it also was like, yo, I'm getting divorced, I'm getting separated and I have children and it's like I'm not gonna have that any. I'm not gonna have that uh, that um, lifeline or that net anymore. It's just like only me. So I knew that. I just know that I can't. That it's so fucked up how marijuana gets this like, uh, you know, uh, gateway drug. Because like I never robbed anyone after smoking weed. I never fucking smoked crystal meth after I smoked weed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, like. You, you, I literally get so uncomfortable and I immediately go into my head about everything that the last thing I want to do is anything bad when I'm on weed <laughs> at all. Like it, yeah. at all. Like I'm so fucking uncomfortable. I heard, heard this podcast the other day and they talked about how, uh, some people when they smoke marijuana, it makes them, you know, that stuff in the back of your head that you don't want to think about, like yeah. how you haven't paid your taxes in five years or like maybe you're a shitty dad or like, yeah. you know, like these things that like are in the back of your head that you, that you're like, I don't want to think about that. And then you smoke weed and it's like, your brain's like, Hey, let's think about this stuff. <laughs> and you're like, fuck dude, I don't want to think about this whatsoever. And that's what happens to me is like, you know, and it's like every once in a while I'll try it. Like, you know, when I say I'm sober, I don't use terrible drugs and alcohol anymore. And so, uh, you know, from time to time I will smoke weed, but again, it's like the same thing happens every time where I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. Like, why do I do this? I don't want to do this. No. And and you're just like in your head and you're like, am I laughing funny? Am I, you know, like, am I, you know, should I call my kids? And and then you come out of it and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, so alcohol is like just the catalyst for me to do 
like really anything. It, like I'm capable of doing anything, you know, whether it's um, illegal, wrong, um, anything. Uh, say things that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at saying things I shouldn't say sober, but even when I drink, it's like even worse. Like it activates that alter ego it you were talking whatever. about before. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my best friend, he'll, he'll, he always calls me, you know, Crandon. My first name is Crandon. Crandon Brock McTom. But huh. I've always gone by Brock. My parents named me Brock. But he would call, he, he'll say, you know, like I, he's one of the only people that, can really say like he knew how I was before. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's, he'll say like, you know, I miss, I miss him sometimes. I miss Crandon. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not worth it. It's just not, it's not worth it. What could happen when Crandon's not only that, but just like, it, it, it's like, I, I, when I first got sober, I didn't want to give it any, um, any, uh, you know, like any weight. I, I always wanted to be like, Oh, well, you know, I could have done this when I was drinking anyway, blah, blah, blah. But really, like, so much positive shit has happened since I got sober that I can't deny um, the fact that that this has definitely, like, made my so life way. way better. Yeah. yeah like, I hear way, that way a better. Lot. I hear that a lot from, from people that go through this path and, like, release yeah. toxic behaviors and yeah. addictive things, you know, that once they did that and once they get over the hump that all these amazing things start happening for you yeah and that you know when you're when you're on the other side of it that sounds great but you just don't see the way or, or you don't, don't believe know. it would be true for you or it's just hard i mean yeah, like, it's wh hard. why would you not want to do something that makes you happy when the the you know the everything kind of is really hard. Life yeah. is hard, oh, man. It's so hard. It's really hard. So like if there's something that you can do to like take your mind off it for a while, I mean, as much as, you know, my, the last relationship I had is the first relationship I had since I got sober, you know, last and relation. Say that one more time. So my, my, <laughs> my, uh, I had a girlfriend during COVID and it was my first relationship since my wife got it. and since I got sober. Okay. And so, um, and it was just like, you know, you know, the, the only difference was I just wasn't drunk. You know, it was still just this like crazy toxic mess of like way too fast, like just, you know, 21 year old stripper from Vegas, blah, 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 blah. Like, sure. and it was just like this, this mess. But it, I mean, everyone that knows me was like, well, duh, of course you did that, you know, yeah. but, but breaking up was so hard because it was the first time that I had to like deal with all these emotions, like a hundred percent sober. And like, you know, it's so easy just to be like, I'm hella sad. Like yeah. I'm just going to go and I'm going to drink and, or like I'm going to get high and it'll mask it. And then it helps you like get through pieces of that sadness until, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So doing it, um, a hundred percent, Sober was just like this. Sucks. So how did you do that? Because that, that's a that's a great point. Just, so you just like when you felt it, or you were in the depths of the the fuels. What did you do? I just slept with other people to try to make myself feel better. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly like what. I love how honest. It, you I mean, are. it really is like yeah. you know, and, and like you know, and it's it's so shitty. But you're just like you're like I'm with this person, and there's someone that I like really like love. Yeah. That. And I'm just with this person to try to like make myself feel better for the time Did being. Did you ever legit like sit with it? Yeah. Like let's say like the let let's say it was like loneliness or something, mm -hmm. and like did you ever, without having any other interaction, was the loneliness anything that you ever just like sat and felt in you, and let it pass through? Uh yeah. 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 Right. I mean, I still, um, you know, I still am very uh you know just sad about it but there's like it's like one of those things where you're like what nothing i guess it's like nothing about it makes any sense to to try to fix or continue but like and i don't want to feel like this at all yeah you know like it's not like i i'm trying to hold on to it or i'm not trying to uh it's just like I know, I consciously know how stupid it is the way that I feel. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. but yet it's just like I can't change the way that you feel. Exactly, the heart it sucks. Is not, no, you it's have horrible. no control over it at all. <laughs> at all, it's fucked. Yeah, it, you know the it, it really is like just you just sit with it. You know you you have to, yeah. and um, you know eventually you know it kind of uh, over time I guess it just kind of uh, dies out. Yeah. The difference w- with my my marriage was like she like broke my heart while we were still married yeah. and we were still together for like two years after. So I had like time to get over it while you're still interacting, which which I don't know if that's worse or better mm-hmm. or what. But uh, um, but you know you're living with someone, you have kids together, and you're doing that whole like should we stay together for the kids? Or is it going to fuck them up or should we split up and it's going to fuck them up? Like, it's just like, what, so what, what do you do? That's a great question. What do you do? Like how many people are, you know, you're like, Oh, my parents are, have been married for, well, it's like perfect example is, is homegirl, my ex, her parents are still married. And, um, you know, it was like, are like, what, I don't know. Is anybody really meant to be together forever? You know, like, or is someone just suffering in silence? You know, I think like, the more authentic you show up and the more open and communicative you can be with your feelings and emotions and, and like stay present in the relationship, yeah. the better it becomes. And I only know this through experience Yeah, from not doing it, being terrible before and yeah, then like yeah, 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 through yeah. experience, you just get more comfortable with just being who you are and saying yeah. what you feel and how you how you are, you know? I think so. Yeah. That's what it is. I think it's practice. Like everything in life is practice. Nobody's walking this planet going, no. oh, I'm perfect. Oh, I have a perfect life. Like no. everybody has faced darkness to d- the depths. And if they haven't, like it's com- like it's coming, not as a threat, but it, it, it happens. It's It happens for us. Yeah. Like your story is incredible. It, it started here and it just like continues to be this like cycle of just like, um, we call it like, um, uh, oh, you're opening. It's like you're, you're, all these like guts are coming out. And that's like the most beautiful part of the human experience. Yeah. Cause it's like, you have to like uproot it. Otherwise the roots like keep you planted like too much into a facade that you're not even like supposed to be or an image you're trying to uphold. But like when ruins happen, it like uproots the bullshit that you were caring about yourself and you start to awaken to your authenticity. Yeah. I you can change the way you, the way you are. Yeah. You, you know, can change at any time. Yeah. I've been trying, you know, yeah. I, even in the last, um, you know, uh, year, you know, I've just kind of changed, tried to change the way that, uh, the main thing is, is just my, my weight. And, you know, um, I, you know, since like last, I think March or since March, you know, I've shed about like 60 pounds just from, just from like changing the way that I ate and what I ate and then really just like do just exercising. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, ultimately when we boil it all down, I, I, I switched my addiction for the person I was with to my addiction for the gym now and eating chicken and broccoli. It's like, I mean, it's, it's not like, a bad addiction. No, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing yeah. is, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, I think as much as I am an addict, I think that the, there's a degree of obsession that's more, uh, more of a problem than the addiction because I think obsession, addiction, I think obsession is like, obsession goes away to the point where like, you don't even like that shit anymore. And, and you like loved it. It was like your whole life. Like when COVID hit, I started playing golf and I fucking, it was like, my friends were like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you like this? Like, why are you calling me every day to play golf? I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you not want to? And they're just like, you're and then, you know, I end up meeting home girl and, and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you don't, you don't golf anymore, huh? Like, yeah. and I was just like, it's just the way I've always been. And like I said earlier about listening to the same fucking song for like an entire shift, you know, mm-hmm. just like one song for eight hours or like, you know, finding a movie I like or like going to a restaurant and, you know, there's, you don't want to try anything else because you had something that was good and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to order this. I'm going to eat this every single time that I go. This yeah. is what I get. You know, and it's like, I think the obsession is worse than the actual addiction, you know, cause it's just, it just so happened that, you know, cocaine's amazing and, 
I was just obsessed with doing cocaine, you know? Do you think that it's possible you were addicted to feeling like that dopamine hit or you were, yeah, that's of like what addiction is. Right? Yeah. 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 You want to feel a certain way. So, you know, you'll feel that way by doing that. And then you don't feel that way. No, it then strips you, you from all your chemicals and then you, yeah, feel, like, and you feel horrible, you feel horrible, horrible. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, it's just like trying to escape from, from whatever. I don't yeah. know if it's, you know, childhood trauma. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I mean, I know I got, Issues with both my parents that, um, but I don't, you know, talk to them about them because I don't think that, um, I don't know. I think that, I think like when it comes to family, I think, you know, we've all done our time together already. Hmm. And, you know, I think that, that, you know, we can love each other, but we don't, we just don't have to like be all in each other's business. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, I experienced, you know, when you date someone and you see how their family is and they like hate each other, but they still force each other to hang out. And yeah. you're like, why do you guys do this? It's like, toxic. You fucking hate them. Like, yeah. you tell me how much you hate them all the time. Like, why are we doing this? Why are you making me hang out with someone that, you don't even like, you yeah. know? So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So with my family, like, I love them to death. But, you know, it's nice to like, you know, when you only see someone a few times a year, you're like, all right, cool. You, you know? have the space. Yeah, exactly. To like breathe into you. Exactly. And so you it's like, have, you know, so when you only yeah. see your, like my dad lives in Hawaii. I see him like, you know, once every two years. It's like, where am I going to bring up a bunch of childhood shit to try to, I don't know. It's probably yeah. the healthy thing is to do that. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to get out of? out of out of them you know i'd rather just yeah. i'd rather just go pay someone and just you know vomit all my shit on them and then they can analyze it and spit it back at me well <clears throat> i'm available to help okay <laughs> it's <laughs> no, crazy because I, I i do like doing you know i used to have dui class and i was still using it at the time and i would use the dui class as like you really think like you know um counseling is almost like that's why people like love Catholicism, right? Yeah. It's because you could just go in this box and you tell can tell all them sins. all your stuff, and then they're like, "All right, you're good." Yeah, and then you move on. Yeah, and so yeah. I would use uh, I would use DUI class as as like my counsel every week. I would just, you know, everyone there is so miserable; they don't want to be there. You know, yeah. there's like 14 people around in a room, and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna tell them everything." And so I just started, and people would be like. Like kind of like mm. perk up and they'd be like, wow, you're a mess. Like I'm enjoying this. And so, so much so that like the teacher, there was a break in the middle and she would skip me because she knew that I was going to talk for like 30 minutes. <laughs> so she'd be like, there's not enough time for him. There's only eight minutes to lunch. So she would skip over and, and the other people loved it because they didn't have to share. Like some days, like they won't even get to other people because yeah. I would just talk the whole time. And, uh, but it's funny. It puts you in perspective when I had a subclass. And I had to go into a different class. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do my thing still. And everyone was just like, what is going on with this guy? I would just, you know, get it all out. And this woman came up to me at the end and she was like, she's like, I want to tell you, uh, you really made me feel better about my life. See? And I was like, I'm glad that, that my problems made yeah. you feel better. So. But that's what it but is. But I just would get it out. You know, I would just like be like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to go because and get Because everybody's up. walking around feeling like they have to be well, like be like this one way to be accepted because everybody on this planet I don't care what you say is craving for love and acceptance absolutely and so if you don't experience love and acceptance as you are like you start to put up masks and you start to uh, turn into different versions to appease and to receive the acceptance and yeah. so when something like this happens and you you bust those walls open and you're like, fuck it. This is who I am. And you start celebrating and being more comfortable with who you are and sharing. You all of a sudden start to give other people permission to, to recognize their own humanness inside. And that's like such a rad quality about you. I hope you see that and recognize that <laughs> about you because it's such a power. It's such a presence. And we need that in this world. Yeah. We need it. I, I mean, I still, everything. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm still guilty of like, you know, uh, doing exactly that when it comes to probably like, you know, uh, 
you know, putting this, you know, this maybe, you know, having tattoos on my face, you know, tough guy thing when really like deep down inside, I'm probably just like kind of like, you know, a fucking teddy bear ass bitch you yeah know? but but it is what it is it's it's i'm in in certain ways i'm i'm still guilty of that and i consciously know it but uh but yeah i mean just the the um just drinking was a huge problem in my life yeah and i just stopped doing it because i recognized that i it wasn't gonna it wasn't sustainable yeah. So, um, it's pretty remarkable and you don't hear that a lot. You, you, you don't, I, I haven't heard it a lot that, that you just kind of like do it on your own. And that's pretty remarkable. I definitely had, you know, I, I'm not, I had help, you know, my, my buddy Marshall definitely helped me out a lot. Um, you know, my business partner and, and friend, Michael Hargis, um, he's been sober for a long time. He helped me out a lot. So, mm. uh, just being around other people, uh, that are in the same boat helps, but I also like what I didn't want is I don't want it to be like a, um, like, you know, like a, this flag that I planted. So, I mean, I try not to talk about it too much. I try not to, you know, if I go out and someone's like, Hey, can I get you a drink? And I'll be like, Oh no, I'm good. Thank you though. Instead of like, oh, I don't drink. Yeah. I'm sober. It's just right. like fucking barf. Like, dude, don't, don't project your own problems onto someone else because you're, you have your own insecurities. Like, like I have huge problems inside and I'm going to deal with them the way that I deal with them. Yeah. And the last thing I'm going to do is like, you know, I still go out like, yeah. you know, and, and I just drink, you know, tonic water with lime and, uh, it sucks, but it's still like, I have to do it in order because I don't want to just go crazy and be sober at home. Do myself. you find that, uh, when you go out and now being sober, when you go out, is it actually more fun? Like, um, no. I mean, not more fun, but it's like, do not. you see things from a different perspective? Well, is yeah, it kind of, of funny to see everybody all fucked up? And, yeah. It's only like, funny when you go out in the beginning, like, for me personally, I have to be there from the start. Mm -hmm. If I show up and everyone's already drunk, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm, yeah. I, I can't do this. But when you're there for the progression, it's entertaining in yeah. that sense. Because you show up and you can watch people get on their way. And it's like, it's entertaining and it's cool. But like when you just show up and everyone's already, you know, three sheets to the wind, you're, it's like, no, I gotta, it's just not I can't the place. do this. Yeah. I can't do this. It's hanging out yeah. with toddlers. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> you're like, it really is. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, you're just like, oh God, here, here we yeah. go. What am I doing here? But, um, but yeah, the, uh, the going out thing, I, I knew that I had to like still, still like socially you know, function. Yeah. Cause and, you don't want it to limit you. Uh -uh, yeah. No. And that's the big thing. I, I just didn't want, I didn't want, uh, to be like this, like I'm sober now, judgy person, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? And I get so, you. Yeah. So in this ruin, what do you think the, if you could like pinpoint like the, the major gift and a gift how i interpret it is like a strength like a strength that comes forward um some sort of like wis internal wisdom that like surfaces what do you think if you could it might be too much of a pinpointed question but is there some sort of internal gift that you've received from going through this and standing where you are today I mean, I think just, you know, knowing that you have willpower is, mm. um, is super important and it, uh, you know, it feels good to have, you know, overcome something, but, you know, just, uh, you know, definitely, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. trying to think, uh, the, I don't know right now. It's fine. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, Because yeah, you've yeah. shared a lot, and I think that, I mean, I can see the gifts, and I see that you are, I mean, if you had been in this place of still being in these toxic habits, you know, it would have completely diminished you, and you would be a completely different person. And the fact that you took that long-ass walk, and that you, you did that, and you didn't, 
get sober at that point and you had all these other things that came up it like was all part of your journey and the man that you are today sitting in this chair this cool ass dude who's super talented who shows up who has his word you're honest you're vulnerable you're spectacular you're you're talented like i don't believe i think all of those are gifts and you wouldn't have been able to um be who you are today with without getting rid of that that. yeah yeah so it's like you are the gift maybe that's the answer that you are the gift yeah i I don't know know about about that but (laughs) you're like okay (laughs) no i mean it definitely uh it feels i you know i i think my brand is has always been um you know making fun of myself uh you know just because i grew up like a you know, like a heavy kid, mm. but I was always, you know, tried to be funny to try to make up for it or like get negative attention in some way. But I think that, you know, making fun of myself and like, you know, talking shit about myself has always been something I did, but like, you know, and I always poke fun at my sobriety or whether I'm a, or I can't cook and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but, but like deep down inside, I, I am like actually like really proud of myself for for not drinking and using drugs anymore because i just know that um that they were just it i just couldn't i just couldn't keep going the way that i was going yeah um you know and and uh i don't know maybe you know maybe there's some you know 45 year old dude out there that is getting sober that you know thinks that i didn't I used to go to the meetings and there would be, you know, guys that were like 19 and you're like, what the fuck do you even know about, Yeah, you know, but, but it's like, you know, you can't take away from what they went through. They went through their own shit. I felt like I went through, you know, I did 17 years of, of being a mess. And, you know, the, I think that, you know, people, I've had people reach out to me and be like, you know, what did you do? And, and I'm just like, dude, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not, you know, my buddy that helped me get sober is that guy. You know, he's just like Mr. Like fucking counselor, like always trying to, you know, like get in people's business and, and help people. And mm-hmm. I'm just not like a, I'm not like a helper. I'm, it's just not my thing, you know? And so, but what I do always try to tell him is I'm like, the only way you can get sober is, is like, it's like the most selfish thing that you could do. Um, because it's only about you and it's not about anyone else. And I tried to do, I tried to get sober for my kids or like get sober for my ex-wife or sober for my job and all this shit. And none of that, none of that stays because your job isn't accountable for your actions. Your wife's not, she's ultimately at the end of the day, she's not inside your head you know, telling you, you shouldn't do that. The only person is, is you. And I just knew that for myself, I had to do it. And like, it has to take precedence over everything else. Like I didn't see my kids. I didn't, you know, I was, uh, you know, missing work. It just had to be, it has to be only about yourself and you have to kind of put everybody else to the side and, you know, at least until you get, you get over the hump. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, well, the most important relationship you ever have in your life is with yourself. So it really is. If you've got that, I mean, it really is. I think that that's pretty freaking rad. Yeah, loving your, or at least like even liking yourself yeah. is, is important. You have to it like. It can be yourself. challenging at times. It can. It can. It's you're really such, easy. Just such enjoy. Um, <laughs> so now, okay, so you've gone through this. You're yeah. you're rocking. You're doing your thing, mm-hmm. and and um. What are you most looking forward to coming up in the next um, near future? I don't know. I don't. I, I'm trying to like figure out. Um, I think right now with you know my my kid's mom, she's moving to Seattle, and I'm ready for her just to like do that because yeah. everything's kind of like in limbo, and then um, you know just looking forward to kind of getting back into restaurants and get Cardinal off. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any like 
huge yeah. plans. So Cardinal Cardinal Burger, like people can hire and have private parties, like come to their house, yeah. or would they come to your house? Yeah, right, right now, yeah, people could do that right now. We've been doing some pop ups. But and just, I went to one, and I'm telling you, that was that was spectacular. Thank you. How many burgers did I think I have? we just we just did three, but they were like halves, and then we mixed in some other stuff. It's it's been like a ridiculous. My partner Ricky is um um came up in sushi. Has only worked sushi is basically his entire life. So the whole omakase thing is is um I can't remember the exact translation, but what it basically means is like just feed me until. I tell you, like, I don't want anymore. And so, so, uh, so, you know, when you go to a sushi restaurant, like a decent sushi restaurant and you say you'll have the omakase, the sushi chef just goes through and he makes pieces of fish and, and small things until you're like, okay, I'm done. Cool. And so, um, with his background and then my background in cooking, it was like, we should do a burger omakase. We couldn't figure out logistically how to make it make money. Cause it's hard to be like, we're going to charge you you know, a hundred dollars to eat a halves of burgers, you know? So it was like, and it wasn't worth the money, but that whole thing that we did was just more to get people's opinions and really get people together. What I really wanted was to turn it into some sort of a, like a, like a social, like podcast thing, because we brought like a designer, a photographer, you know, someone that owns a weed company, you know, uh, someone that has a, 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 I don't know what you call this. Feel good show? What do you what do you call yeah. this? What do you call what, this? What's this right here? Yes. Oh, I would say it's um a self yeah, it's a like self help YouTube video a series. I'm or not what? even sure. I feel like it's just like um uh, opening up the dialogue to say like, hey, we're human yeah. and it's hopeful. It's yeah. like life is shitty it's and so life shitty, is yeah. so hard and yeah. you can really beat yourself up and you can, you can not find your way at times and you can just carry a lot of shame and guilt. And like the reality is, is that this is, it's life. So the more we talk about things and the more that we express like our vulnerabilities, I think the easier of a time we have to like let go and like forgive and step forward and just be free. Yeah. And so I don't know how to define that. This what show this is, is that, but it's like inspiration and kind of just like the, the, for someone who is struggling, cause there's been times in my life that I've been like, Oh my God. And then like Googled, like, does anybody else go through this? And then <laughs> can't find that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to offer something to someone who's like in the depths of despair at this point to go, Hey, I relate with that guy yeah. and he did it. And I think I can wake up tomorrow and I think I can try again. Yeah. And that's really important to me. Yeah. To, I, I would do this for the rest of my life, you know, cause it just offers that like ledge to say, you got this, you can keep going. Yeah. You know, you don't have to commit suicide. You don't have to, you don't no. have to live in such pain. I mean, the pain is important in ways, but like you can, you can use it to like fuel and like, push your life in a positive direction if you're open and if you're willing to try it. Yeah. You know, anyway, I had a really good time coming to your house and eating yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Amazing. So just the, the blend of people, yeah. we, we tried to bring every time we did one, we tried to bring a different, um, just a, you know, eclectic group together and, um, it worked out really well. They were a lot of yeah. fun. We had some really good ones. Um, we had one that was like, not we had a couple that were like just weird like the crowd kind of sucked yeah um i like the crowd. podcast idea i think yeah, that's cool i think so too I think I've, cool. I've wanted to to do kind of like a um like an industry like a restaurant industry uh like podcast you know and uh but again it's just like you know, how do you get subscribers? How much time do you have? Where you do you start. fucking go? You just yeah. put your hands up and you just take one recording. foot in front of the other. Yeah, for and, real. I mean, you know, <laughs> you just yeah. begin and you're already beginning. So yeah. you're already there. How do you want to be remembered? Um, you know, uh, it's tough. No, it, it is. It's, it's funny. One of my good friends, he, he, does this, he romanticizes about his, his death all the time. Mm. And like, we joke around about, you know, who's going to be there and like stuff like that. And I think there's been this thing in the restaurant industry where, um, someone dies because it is so rampant with 
drugs, alcohol, depression, like all this shit, you know, it's like, we're just a bunch of people that chose to start working instead of growing up and taking a different path. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, every time someone dies, you know, everyone has all this stuff they want to talk about them on Facebook or social media or whatever. And, um, you know, he made me promise that I would remind everyone what a fucking asshole he was. And I was like, you know, like same, like same, you know, like legit, like, you know, and he's like, you know, you know, the people that aren't allowed at my funeral, like the ones that I didn't even like in real life, like, you know, and so, so for me, when you kind of boil it all down, how I want to remember it is, you know, I want, um, you know, I want my kids to be successful when they grow up and to be actually happy, not just, um, the appearance of happiness. And I just want people to remember that I, um, uh, was, you know, was funny and I, I cooked, I, I cooked good food and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the main thing is, you know, I want my kids to, uh, be happy. I feel like the, whatever karma I got coming towards me is, um, is going to come out in, in my kids and it, it worries me a little bit because um, cause my oldest has the same thing that I do. You know, he just has that, he has that, uh, that just crazy addiction inside of him. I can just see it now. And so I'm just like, fuck. I feel like, and, and, and you know, it, it's really my only goal is for my kids to not, um, you know, excessively use drugs obviously they're gonna i mean they're kids like you know they're gonna get drunk they're gonna do drugs but i just worry Maybe. about i mean doesn't everybody ever, didn't everybody do drugs at one point i don't i know tons of people that didn't that never did drugs yeah, in life. it you just think wasn't just part of their thing no no they're telling the truth i think so so i mean i think that honestly like what i i really the more you're honest with your children yeah. and about like your experiences, your personal experiences that you're yeah. like, yo, this is what I experienced. Yeah. And if you want to go down the road, it's going to be like this. But I, like, don't, if you don't hide anything, like kids and teens, they love that. They are as like raw and as beautiful before all the fucked up shit happens. So yeah. like the more that you can like just say, Hey, this is what happened in my life. This That's... is my experience. It's possible yeah. that even if your son does have this tendency that you see it and he's a reflection of a little you, like you could stop that. That's where they're at right now is they're at that. Like, you know, they've always been, they don't have any memories of, of my drinking, which is good. And they've always been like, dad doesn't drink. And now they're kind of like, well, why? Why don't you drink? And it's just kind of like, okay, well, there was an incident and like we were driving and one of them was like, you know, one of them's in the back seat, one of them's in the front. And they're like, oh, mom drank four beers last night. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, well, it's okay. Like she's an adult. Like it's just beers. And you know, and you know, my youngest in the front seat's like, you know, did you ever, did you ever drink a beer? And I, was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I did. Yeah. And he's like, did you ever drink four beers? And I was like, I've drank four beers before. And then my son Kingston in the back, he was like, dad, did you ever drink 27 beers? See. And I was just like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, what? And I just kind of did one of those like, oh, what the hell is that? Yeah. And, you know, and Dublin's like, oh, what is that? And then we start talking about something else. And I look in the rear view and Kingston's just like. He's thinking about he's it. just staring at me like, hmm, you didn't answer my question. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I tell them, I'm, oh, I overshare with my kids a hundred percent, you know, like yeah. they, the way that they talk to me and the way that they talk. Um, to my friends and, um, the way that the knowledge that they have of life is just like, it, it could be too much. I'm not sure. Um, but, but what I don't, I try not to lie to them. You know, they busted out the, well, you've lied before. And I'm like, well, what? And they're like, well, Easter bunny, you know, Christmas, like all this shit. And I'm like, well, it's just, and then I try to explain. I'm Sorry like, to any viewers yeah. that still believe me. Like, it's like, well, dude, like, this is just what yeah. we do, you know? It's just like, Christmas is more of like a, you know, like a feeling. And, um, I feel that. Yep. Yeah. They were asking me about it the other day, and I was just like, you know, talking about 
are they going to ever hate Christmas? And I was like, yeah, a hundred percent you are, you know, like, you know, I hate Christmas until you guys were old enough to like react to Christmas, hmm. you know? So it's like, that's a long time. Cause yeah. like you go from like all this stuff, it's like your birthday, you know, like all this, like, Oh, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden it's like, like you don't even, you will be so disappointing. Oh man. But okay. yeah. So it's like, what do you, you know, and, but the, you want to tell them, but you don't want to tell them too much. Cause then you're just like, you know, are you that kid at school that's like telling all your friends all this fucked up stuff yeah, that they didn't know? Dreams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad said that love is toxic. And yeah, you're like, like what? oh man, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know you were listening to me. I think, um, I think they're going to be good. You know, yeah. the, the the more open and and vulnerable you are, I think with anything. Um, yeah, there's great, great things that come from that. I, yeah, again, I just, uh, you know, uh, my, I think my dad worried about a lot of stuff that was, that was trivial. And when really like the focus should have been on the major issues that were, that I was causing in my own, in my own life. And so I just think that, you know, like anything, my entire cooking career, um, just learning what not to do, mm-hmm. I think is what I did for a yeah. long time, you know, and, um, you know, I think some people come up in this like pristine, um, environment where, uh, you know, maybe they work at, you know, an amazing restaurant and there's all this structure and everything. Well, I, I didn't, I came up in, in just like chaos and kind of learned like when I, when I'm in charge, I'm never going to do that. Or when I do this, I'm never going to do that. And I think, you know, that's kind of like parenting, you know, it's like you look at the things your parents did you know, it's like, should he have been worried about the music I was listening to? Or should he have been worried about the fact that I had a job and that I can buy drugs with the money that I got, right. you know? And, and just, it wasn't, I don't know. It's just kind of like, what's, what's important. And so, um, really just showing up and, and I think hanging out with them is, is important, you know? Uh, Pima Chodron says she's a, a teacher, a philosopher and an awesome teacher she says that there is no other alternate there is no other alternate experience rather other than the experience that you have there's no other alternative than the experience that you have so yeah. we can go back and we can say oh I should have done that I could have done yeah. this and I uh, it's pointless no we can there's no reason pull from it yeah and we can take that with us and keep moving forward but like I personally believe that like all of this was already part of your journey prior to coming here. Like yeah. you signed up for this yeah, and you continue to show up for yourself and you know, I yeah. think that it's just all unfolding. It's the path of unfolding. No yeah. control over it. No, you no, know? there is no, yeah. there's no control over, uh, the, uh, going back to what you said about just thinking about what, about being able to change things or whatever. And, yeah. you know, I, I, it's funny of all, of all people, I was listening to this thing and Steve-O talked about, uh, how, how alcoholic thinks and how it's like a, a cycle where a normal person will, you know, be like, here's the problem. Here is the solution. I got to get to here where like, you know, and then I think one of the major symptoms of alcohol is like just this cycle of like, yeah, here's a problem. Here's the solution, but I'm just going to keep going over it again and again and again until I get to the point where uh, the only escape that I have is, is to drink or to, to use drugs or anything like that. And so I, I definitely, you know, sometimes will lay in bed and think about things like over and over and over again. And you're just kind of like, God damn it. Like I'm just back to, back to square one yeah. again. So I'm going to teach you some breath work. It's going to help with that. um any final words um you know i I don't want to sound corny or anything but you know there's there's a lot of stuff out there to to help people you know there's a lot of um you know programs and uh and um you know there's someone in your life that definitely gives a shit about you and you know you, you could reach out to them i'm sure and they'll they'll do something for you but really it's ultimately like just like you know you just got to be ready for for yourself you know i don't think anybody's really ready but i think that you know if you take a a step in a positive direction it it can be um 
you know, addicting in its own way of, of being like, I'm coming out of this cloud and, uh, but really just doing everything for yourself yeah. is the most important thing is, is that you're the only person that has to wake up. You're the only, you know, you're, you, you are going to die with yourself. You're going to, um, you live every day, uh, not alone. That sounds super despairing, but, but it's the truth. And so it, unless you are, unless you really want this for yourself, there's no other reason to even fucking try, yeah. you know, like if it's for someone else, then you might as well just, just lie to them. You like know, or the like, only person that's going to save you is yourself. No it. one's coming to save you. No, no one right? else is. No, yeah, no one is. Damn. This yeah. is good. Thanks. Ah, so good. <laughs> thanks for tuning in and yeah. thanks for coming. And, thanks for and, having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. We'll put all of uh, Brock's links and ways to follow you and uh, connect with you if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll put that in our um, comments or however we figure it out. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. There's more in there. Live from Costa Rica. <laughs> Live from Costa Rica. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Peace, guys. Bye.